0: Blog Talk Radio
1: The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production.
0: Coming up third.
1: tuned in to the official podcast of the sport of harness racing post-time with mike and mike with your hosts mike carter
0: number 1000 for the third time aaron merriman wins
1: and mike bozich
0: Welcome to another
2: action-packed rendition of host time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter alongside Mike Bozich. And speaking of Caviar Alley and Charton, Mike, they will take their center stage on a virtual racetrack tomorrow afternoon.
1: Yeah, that's some exciting stuff. And, uh, you know, listen, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to work with you a little bit on this. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's something that um, you know, it's, it's going to kind of keep us busy during this lockdown and, and, uh, boy, do we need it because I'll tell you what, I'm, I, I'm really going stir crazy. I need some harness <laughs> racing in my life right now, Mike Carter.
2: You're not kidding. And I'll tell you what, uh, harness racing is something we all miss. And the guys at Off and pacing are going to help us put something together. Uh, it's a full field of eight that will go postward. Uh, looking forward to it, and uh, you know it was nice to just actually sit down and call a race. <laughs> to be quite.
1: Yeah, I bet, I bet. You know, and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you, Mike. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, or a few of the, uh, the the sports organizations are starting to use this. Uh, virtual technology to kind of keep their fans engaged. And, and uh, we're start we're starting to see like virtual NBA games. Uh, a lot of the uh, baseball now is uh, being virtually played. I, I was, uh, my, Chicago, my beloved Chicago White Sox, I think they're like 10 and three or something like that or, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: with a good winning record virtually. So we'll see if we can get that season going and make it actually, uh, you know, do that on the uh, actual field. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is, Mike. We're going to have another program today that's going to, uh, once again, concentrate and talk about the coronavirus. We're going to have Vic Kirby, Tim Teatrick on. And, uh, you know, they're going to tell us kind of how they're coping with things. I mean, how they're kind of dealing with the lockdown and, and uh, you know, what kind of uh, mentality they have and what kind of hopes they have as far as to when we can actually get back on the racetrack. And, and Mike, I'll tell you what, our old friend Rich Matei is going to be joining us on the program today. And, and uh and we're going to talk to Rich a little bit about his future wife, And she is, God bless her and, and all the first responders that are out right basically in ground zero trying to deal with this disease and fight this uh, virus. She is a nurse in one of the New Jersey hospitals uh, in the coronavirus unit. And, you know, I've talked to Rich a couple of times, and uh, she has seen some horrific, horrific things uh, she's also seen some good stories too, so um, you know it's going to be interesting to talk to Rich and, and you know kind of see um, what what she's kind of been going through, and kind of get inside the mind of one of the people that's right on the front lines battling this, Mike.
2: Yeah, we're also going to talk to uh, Tim Tetrick for a little bit, and uh, I know these drivers got to be going a little stir crazy, and I'm surprised I had not seen them all on Catch Driver um, <laughs> over the past <laughs> couple of weeks. Because uh, I tell you what, I'd be uh, I'd be on Catch Driver trying to get my uh, get my lead on.
1: Absolutely, no question about it. And yeah, uh, you, you know what? It's interesting because I think everybody is kind of attacking this thing differently. I mean, every everybody I think is doing things you know, a little different to try to keep their mind occupied during this. And I know Netflix is big. I know screen time is big. And, and, uh, you know, the Internet and everything like that, Um, you know, just something to keep your mind occupied during this thing. But, you know, Mike, here's the thing, though. I think we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit. You know, I mean, we're starting to see some encouraging news about some different kind of treatments. We're starting to see encouraging news Um, the number of cases, the number of hospitalizations now are starting to decline. And, uh, you know, you hear instead of deaths and instead of um, sicknesses, now we're starting to hear more and more about how we as a country can get back open. And, you know, that's a real encouraging sign. I don't know how long it's going to take for things to get back to normal. I mean, I think social distancing is still going to have to be practiced a lot and and some of the other precautions, I think you're going to see a lot of masks. I mean, I went to Walmart yesterday, Mike, and I had to actually wait in line to get inside because they're only letting so many people in. So I do think this is going to kind of be a new normal for a while. But you know what? I do kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I can't wait to get back to racing. That's all I That's all I
2: can say. Yeah, I miss racing. I miss racing a lot. And, uh, you know, it Kate catches me uh Oh, huh, excuse me. Kate catches me, uh, watching South Africa, uh, here every once in a while in the mornings. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I'm starting to learn about some Australian harness racing. So, uh, you know, starting to learn some things about some different, uh, different things going on. Now, Mike, do you find yourself calling a race every once in a while? Um, only the simulated ones. I do not call the races on okay. television. I don't call any <laughs> those, those races, uh, you know, shot 10 is a little bit tough. 20 horses going five or four furlongs is a little tough for me. So I stay away from those. I leave that <laughs> yeah.
1: to the professionals. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. All right, let's get this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, started presented by the U.S. Running Association. Vic Kirby is going to be joining us, plus the natural Rich Mate and Tim Teacher. And we'll get the ball rolling with Vic after this timeout. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA.
3: Hey, racing fans. We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that will give you an edge come post-time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. And link Wedding Hunter small one 800
1: Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net.
0: Here comes the charging motor!
2: edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trust alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by uh, driver Vic Kirby, and Vic, obviously uh, a lot of things going on in the world right now, but how are you uh, kind of adjusting now that uh, things are uh, kind of the new normal, so to speak?
4: Uh, everything, everything's good down here. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing well. hope everybody out there listening is doing well. Uh, yeah, like you said, the new normal, and it's not a very fun normal. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that at my family farm, I still have four horses that I'm going with in training, even though they're just going lightly, kind of occupies the mornings and part of the afternoon and projects that you always put off because we're racing. Obviously you have time to do now. And then it kind of gets hectic in the afternoon, and the evening, I'm um, hunkered down with my girlfriend, Patty and my stepdaughter, Erica. And, uh, We're running out of things to watch, and my stepdaughter, Erica, she drives me nuts trying to do TikTok videos, so that's (laughs) been a little happy. But other than that, we're all dealing, and uh, hopefully we can get through this safely.
1: Yeah, no question about it. Now, Vic, from a a training point of view, now, we know you're mostly a cash driver, but you you obviously train a few, as you mentioned. Is this kind of – how has this affected – uh your training regimen with horses or or has it at all
4: uh different people can speak in different ways me personally i shut them down for about 10 days and now i'm like i said i'm going lightly with them putting jog miles in them just to keep them legged up because uh, we really don't know when we're going to get back at it i'm sure other stables are doing things differently um you know i kind of feel for the bigger stables just the way they're they're having to work things um so, I mean, I, I think it's kind of an individual thing. How, how different people are going about it different ways. You know, Vic, that's one thing I wondered about a lot of uh,
2: the guys who had big stables, or even some of the small stables, is when this whole thing kind of started coming together. You know, the question is, what do you do? Do you shut them down? Do you bring them back? What you know, what what do you do? What kind of went what what went into that decision for you guys?
4: Uh, well, me personally, our, our horses have been racing pretty hard all winter at Dover. Um, so it was kind of a welcome break for them, even though um, it's tough because we don't have a timetable. You know, when do you get them ready? Uh, when do you uh, point them for their next race? Which, like an athlete, uh, horses are like athletes, and you want to have them ready when it's time to go. And that's the real hard thing for everybody is we don't know when to have them ready. Um, so, I mean, like I said, it was an individual decision on my part being that I just had four horses and they're they're overnight horses. You know, the guys with uh, – Young Steak Horses coming up. Um, other guys, uh, Jimmy King, I know, that was getting short and ready for her stakes campaign, along with the rest of them in the blue, the blue chip and the, the Levy. I'm sure they were getting things going. But, uh, uh, once again, it, it's just an individual thing, and that's that's what I decided to do.
1: Visiting with driver Vic currently now. Uh, Vic, um, you know, we had Joe Feraldo on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I think he brought up – A really good point is that I think racing needs to get together and come up with uh, a a bona fide plan. I mean, obviously, I don't think things are going to get back to normal right away. There's going to have to be social distancing. There's going to have to be some kind of precautions, uh, you know, that horsemen and horsewomen are going to have to take in the paddock. What what kind of things do you think you kind of envision – um, that horse racing can do to kind of meet these kind of needs? Or, or, I mean, I, I, because I just don't see it going back to normal right away.
4: No, I don't think any of us do. And we're all going to have to adjust to it. Um, uh, obviously, uh, we all deal with social distancing when we go to the stores. Um, you know, I go to Wawa every morning. You got to stay, you, you try to conscientiously stay six feet or more from everybody. The same thing is going to be when we come back racing in the paddock, you know, in the, uh, in the offices, um, you guys up in the booth, we're just all, all going to have to be weary of it, and I'm sure they're going to have to make adjustments with who is and who isn't allowed in the paddock, uh, how they how they set the horses up in the paddock. Probably on the track is the least of our worries, because I mean we're we're near each other, but we're not right on top of each, each other on the on the track, so that's probably the least of the worries. The biggest the biggest uh, decision making is going to be. and and just um, around the offices in general, and and like I said, you guys up in the booth.
1: Everybody's kind of got their own ideas and and their own theories on when we're going to get back to racing. So I'm going to ask you from Vic Kirby's point of view uh, with the way things are going on right now, give me a best-case scenario date and a worst-case scenario
4: date. What do you think? Best case scenario, and a lot of people have been asking asking me this, like I'm a genie and, and I'm going to know the answer, which I don't. Nobody <laughs> does. But right. I would I would be doing backflips if in the middle of May they could give us some kind of heads up that we could be going, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks by the by the beginning of June. Worst worst case scenario is we got to sit this thing out through through the rest of the summer, which uh, I mean, already it's a struggle on people financially, mentally. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, this is a bigger issue than horse racing. And I mean, yeah. it's life, and people's life, people's lives are in jeopardy here. So, you know, we have to adhere to that, adjust to it. We just hope we can get through this. I think we're doing a good job so far. Um, but yeah, those those are my best and worst case scenarios. Uh, if they come true, then you can call me a genie. <laughs> all right well listen if we can get going in the middle of may i would be doing backflips
1: as well Vic, we certainly appreciate you joining us good to hear uh you and your loved ones are doing well my friend
4: same to you guys uh everybody stay safe out there and hope to see you soon
1: all right that was Vic vick and uh mike always a pleasure to have Vic on the program he sees uh you know, and, and I'm gonna tell you what—it's fun, and I miss watching Vic compete on the racetrack because it's really—he's one of them guys that just has a whole lot of fun uh, racing horses and driving horses. And
2: uh, I'll tell you what—it's guys like Vic that make me miss the sport even more. <laughs> You're not kidding. Uh, what a great attitude and some really good information uh, regarding his stable. You know, Mike. Uh, one of the things that uh, I think you know we people don't really think about is. You know, when this whole thing started, the question is, do you do you shut everybody down or do you continue right. to go? And uh some really good information uh from Vic there about uh what their stable did and why they did the things that they did.
1: More left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the US Trotting Association. We're gonna hear from our friend, our good friend, the natural Richard Matai, post team teacher towards the top of the hour. So don't go anywhere, you got post time with Mike and Mike. We'll be back in a
0: moment.
2: Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check with the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org.
1: Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Boot Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit SouthernOakstraining.com at SouthernOakstraining.com. Winback Farm of Ontario is proud to welcome four exciting new stallions for 2020. Jimmy Freight, the 2018 O'Brien Award winner, and the winner of the Dayton Pacing Derby and Mohawk Gold Cup. Nick Wicked, the 2018 Horse of the Year in US and Canada, the richest pacing stallion in harness racing history. Stag Party, the 2018 O'Brien Award winner, and the winner of the Metro Pace. And the Bank son of two millionaires, Donato Hannover and Lantern Kronos, and a Breeders' Crown and Stanley Dancer Champion. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com.
2: of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the natural Rich Bittay. And Rich, obviously uh, the last couple of weeks has kind of turned racing as a whole on its head, and uh, you know, how are you, uh, how are you dealing with uh, not that much racing going on?
5: I'm holding up, guys. Uh, I got Gulfstream and Oaklawn, so since I've been home, Basically, I've just been packing those two tracks, and I've actually been doing pretty well. So, how are you guys holding up?
1: Well, how we're do not doing too bad, bad well? And No, I think we're doing all right. Mike Carter and I are keeping busy, and uh, and, and Rich, I know, you know, of course, you met somebody a few years back um, that obviously special in your life, and, you know, you get married, you propose. Uh, when is the date, by the way?
5: Actually, it's a year uh, from today, right? Today's the 16th. Yeah, today, right? a year from today. Wow. You better not forget How it. about
1: that? April 16th. So this is, this is beautiful. This is great. Now, your future wife is on the front line of this battle with coronavirus. She, she is a nurse in a New Jersey hospital, and uh, she's been working in the coronavirus unit. And uh, listen, God bless these people that are on the front lines, because obviously they're putting their life and their health in jeopardy of helping others. Tell us about some of the stories that she has told you in dealing with some of these patients, Rich. Um,
5: There's some really sad stories. I hear mostly the sad stuff. I don't – yesterday we actually had good news at the hospital up here. Joelle came home yesterday and actually said yesterday was the first day that more people were released from the hospital with the COVID virus than they took in which is good, but um, I think the saddest stories that I hear from her and, like, you could tell that it affects her um, is that when these people are, like, desperately ill and they know they're not going to make it, that their family members can't come to the hospital. There's no visitors, and basically she has to take an iPad and put the family members on FaceTime to say goodbye to them, and she's in the room with them, and she gets really emotional when she comes Mm -hmm. home. You know, that's a tough
2: situation, uh, you know, to deal with, um, for, for anybody, but in that situation, it's just, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine, imagine being in her shoes and, uh, obviously having the support system at home has had to help her out, but she's probably putting in some pretty long hours, huh?
5: Yeah. She's usually working now. Usually a nurse works three, 12 hour shifts. She's working four to five now a week. And, um, Basically, I've just been at home taking care of the house, cleaning the house, doing the laundry, doing the cooking, taking care of the dog. So I'm just trying to help as much as I can.
1: Visiting with the natural Rich Matei. Rich is. Uh, has she mentioned anything about? I mean, how are supplies? I mean, does she does it, basically does, does that hospital? Does she have everything she needs to do to
5: do her job effectively? Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't really heard any complaints from her where they don't have any equipment for them. And I know before they really started getting COVID patients, they started making COVID units and they have to do special protocols. Like she has to wear clothes that she could discard to go to the hospital. And then they give her scrubs there, these special scrubs and um, the rooms the air doesn't come out of the rooms and everything, but she actually says she's probably safer at the hospital with all the protocols than she is going to the grocery store. Wow. Amazing. That's just incredible to
2: me. Um, Obviously uh, we've seen a lot of racing jurisdictions kind of shut down and, you know, uh, a couple of thoroughbred tracks still going, but best case scenario
5: in your head, when do you think we get back to uh, get back to rocking and rolling? Um. I want to say I'm the type of guy that's more realistic than hopeful. I'm going to say probably end of June, maybe start of July. You'll start seeing these tracks open up.
1: Hmm. I'm visiting with Rich Matei and uh,
5: Rich. Now,
1: obviously she's had a lot of experience. Uh, your future wife, uh, your fiance dealing with, uh, the coronavirus, what are some of the things that she has suggested to you or she, or she's maybe suggested to other people to try to not catch it, to try to stay safe and healthy?
4: Um,
5: basically, she just says, wash your hands. Um, you know, the social distancing definitely helps. But I think that she deals with it so much. She isn't as scared as most Americans, if that makes any sense. Like mm-hmm. she'll come home and yeah, like she's had a rough day, but um, she goes straight into the shower when she gets home and basically just wash your hands, wear a mask when you go out. Um, she does. When we go out to like the grocery store and stuff, she said, she does tell me things like not to do like these people wear gloves in the store But then they'll get in the car and wear those gloves while they are touching the steering wheel and everything. She says, as Mm -hmm. soon as you're done at the grocery store, you have to discard those gloves. Like, if there's a trash can right outside of the grocery store, you have to discard them because basically it's like you're not washing your hands and you're getting everything that you just touched in your car, basically. And she says, basically, um, you really don't have to go overboard. Like, I know there's people that, like, disinfect their grocery bags and stuff like that she says that's not necessary also
1: Mm, okay well certainly some uh, very very interesting stuff and uh, I know you've uh, this is kind of going to change for you I mean I know you love the sport of uh, horse racing in general and and of course you're the, uh, the assistant race secretary of freehold and and uh, you call the races at Tioga. So, uh, are you doing anything
0: to
1: kind of keep you fresh? I mean, have if you, if you practice calling races? Have you been doing anything to kind of, you know, stay stay on top of your game, so to speak?
5: Um, Honestly, not really. Besides, besides handicapping? handicapping. <laughs> no, that's all I've been doing. That's all I've been doing. Yeah. I'm actually handicapping <laughs> Gulf Street Parks for today. Because now with the coronavirus, I've really just been focused on Gulfstream and Oakland and trying to keep myself occupied and playing every day. And honestly, I've had some success in the last couple of weeks, but honestly, I think from the job aspect, I'm more taking a mental break from it and trying to just refresh. Mm -hmm. So when we finally get back, I will be definitely chomping at the bit. So that's really what I've been doing.
1: And for any of them gamblers out there, do you have anything, uh, you have any any horse at Gulfstream that you like today that you'd like to pass on, my friend, and we promise we won't hurt their odds too bad.
5: All right, let's go to race number – let me just pull it up. Race six, number nine, Lucky Mike, $1,000 claimer, where you had to be on the inside that day at Gulfstream on the turf to have any success. This horse was three or four wide around the racetrack, and even last time out, you weren't going to beat Vegas Kitten. Vegas Kitten just walked on the lead. Now drops down to the 30, blinkers on, and Lucky Mike will get a lot more pace to chase this afternoon.
1: All right, good stuff, good stuff. Well, Mike and I will load up. Well, listen, Rich,
0: we certainly
1: appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, listen, get, give your wife our best and, and tell her a, a, a big sincere thank you from from all of us here post-time with Mike and Mike because I'll tell you what, she's, she's doing uh, great, great things. Thanks, guys.
5: Appreciate it.
1: All right, that was the natural rich to the play. And, uh, well, another piece of good news, actually, Mike. Uh, you know, she said uh, for the first time in a while that hospitalizations, the amount of people being admitted are, are starting to drop. And that's, that's a very good sign that we're starting to win. I don't want to say we're starting to win this battle, but we're certainly headed in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we, each state is going to be different. Um, You know, that's, that's the key to this whole thing. And when New York, New Jersey, um, you know, start to come down the other side of this, you know, states like Ohio and Delaware might not be. So you just got to kind of take it one day at a time and, uh, you know, stay inside. I know people are frustrated and upset and all this other stuff, but, you know, listen, this is what we need to do to get rid of this thing
1: yeah and i and I think we gotta continue to practice it i mean and it's starting to work i mean uh, you know I think people initially got frustrated because you know they we you know the the government's imposed all of these things on us that we have to do and or we can do, and you know for a couple of weeks there we haven't we didn't really see any uh, improvements in numbers as far as hospitalizations and deaths, but now we're starting to now we're starting to and uh you know, just hopefully we can, you know, get back to racing because, like we're, like we're saying, actually, you know what? It was really cool to hear Rich talk about an actual race there right. for a minute. I
0: yes, I completely agree with
1: that. You know, I mean that's something we haven't done on the show for what the last three or four shows. We haven't really even talked about racing. I mean, it, it's so much. Um, and uh, you know, hey, it, it, it felt good to hear Rich talk about an actual race. Still, last month to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USDA. Ken Teacher in the On Deck Circle. It'll be fun to catch up with him and see what he's doing uh, during this uh, lockdown, which hopefully won't last for very much longer. We're going to take a time out and we'll hear from Timmy. That Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USDA. <laughs> Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike
2: are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacing.com for the cure.org. thank you drivers and trainers
3: from the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other one that the pennsylvania horse racing association intends to preserve in the keystone state for years and years to come from our breeders to track operators to you the fans PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseracing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association.
1: Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's Racing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard, at
0: odds of 6 minute one
2: 8-2 extension
1: 5-5-5-5 back at Delaware's stallion lineup offers 12 proven stallions for the first state Classic Card Shark is a proven sire of stakes winners, he is a full brother to both Better's delight and roll with Joe Roddy's Bags Again is a sire of multiple DSBF final winners including $675,000 winner Perfect Bags
0: I'm Linda Picano. I was the trainer of Heston Bluechip for his whole career, and I have nothing but good things to say about Heston. He was a professional horse from the day he started.
1: Heston Blue Chip is the sire of multiple stakes winners, including 2019 New York Sire Stakes champion and $980,000 winner Zero Tolerance. For more information on stallions, including breeding contracts, visit winbackfarm.com. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Drawing Association. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter right now. We're joined by a guy that just has to be itching to get back on the bike for crying out loud, Tim Teacher. Tim, welcome to the program, buddy.
6: Ah, uh, Thanks for having me. You aren't lying, man. I, I'd go race a 100-to-1 shot right now just to get back out there and go do something. <laughs> I'm about as bored as I can get.
1: I know tell me about it this thing is uh hey listen also it's it's affected us all I mean and it's it's a tough thing to deal with but like I say the numbers are now starting to get better so I think you know some of the things that we've been doing and practicing is is starting to work and hopefully we can get back racing soon but but what's Tim Tietrich been doing I mean how you
6: what have you been doing uh
1: to kind of pass the time during this uh, lockdown well
6: thank goodness I have the farm here we have 12 acres and uh You know with me traveling all the time all summer a lot of honeydew jobs doesn't get done so i think i've painted every door in the house i've painted a lot of stuff in the barn i've painted uh, outdoor buildings repaired stuff and um by the time this is all over i might actually know how to cut a board pretty straight (laughs) yeah
1: i'm telling you that that's you know i i know people are kind of i think a lot of people are kind of taking advantage of this i mean uh you know, like like I've been cooking a lot lately, so I think I don't know if I've gotten any better at it, but uh, you know, <laughs> certainly trying. Uh, let's let's talk about trying to get back racing. And we asked Vic this question. And I'm going to throw this to you. Obviously, it's it's going to be tough to get to normal right away. I mean, I we're going to have to practice a lot of the things that we've been practicing over the last month. I think continuing on uh, as we get back to our professions and lives. How do you envision? things in the paddock and and things going forward?
6: Um, You know, it's going to cut down the numbers. Um, You know, I I think for a first little bit, drivers are probably going to have to get dressed in their car, um, do the Brett Miller thing, never go up the driver's room. But, um, you know, it's going to be a little different. You know, less people. You know, I don't think there'll be a kitchen for the horse and they'll have to bring their own food and own drinks and stuff. But, uh, like you said, we're going to have to practice this social, you know, social stuff and, you know, just be careful. You know, I, I'm a big handshake guy. And uh, it's, all, I uh, bought some hay the other day, and it's so hard not to shake the guy's hand, you know, when you do a deal, you know, and you're not going to be able to shake hands for a while. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm believing in that kind of stuff. So, but it's going to be different. Um, you know, I'm just ready to get back racing, and I know a lot of people are. You know, luckily, uh, I don't have too many mouths to feed around here for race horses. So I, I feel bad with those guys that's got 50, 60 head of horses that they own a lot of themselves.
1: And that's, you know, that was going to kind of be my next question. And, uh, you know, I think everybody's kind of, uh, you know, especially trainers with, with a big head of horses. I mean, I think everybody's kind of attacking it differently as far as uh, training style. what what And I know you've kind of dabbled in training a little bit. What do you kind of what, – what's your kind of your strategy, I mean, as far as uh, training goes? Has it changed a whole lot? Or?
6: Yeah, just back off, you know, kind of a week on, or, you know, 10 days on, a week off and um, – you just try to not do anything that's going to hurt them, you know, because you don't want to spend money on the vet, so you just keep them busy, um, you know, a lot of mile-and-a-halves and nothing hard work, just a lot of work, um, easy work. So just keep them fit. That way if we get the word within, you know, 10 days or a week even, I think my people's horses will be ready. You know, they're, they've they got them still busy and they're not let down all the way. So, you know, within a week they can have them things tuned back up and be ready to go opening day.
1: Visiting with Tim Teachuk, you know, we asked Vic to get his uh, crystal ball out. We're gonna we're gonna ask you the same thing. Give us a best case and worst case scenario in in your head as
6: far as when we can get back. You know, best case scenario, I, I'm looking at May 15th. You know, and uh, worst case scenario, July 1st. But um, I'm hoping it's uh, sooner than later. Um, I would love a May 15th with you know no people in the stands and you know minimal people in the paddock. You know, only. Like a Ronnie Burks, allowed if he's got eight in, he's still only allowed two grooms, you know, and the trainer. That's it. Um, you know, and keep them separated. We don't have to have fourteen races at Chester. We could go, you know, ten races and you know spread them out, you know. So, well, hopefully it's, uh, right, it'll right. get back sooner than later, you know. But uh, man, I'm I'm itching, boy. I, I even got my bike out the other day. I've got two of them here. Redid the bearings, painted them, or uh, polished them up, put them back in the dust bowl. But you know, it's uh, I'm just ready to go race.
1: Now, of course, the million-dollar question is: Are you driving Ashley crazy yet?
6: Well, you know I am. She she wants me to go to my <laughs> too. You know, actually. I I stay up. I try to stay outside all day. And luckily, we've had really nice weather. You know the you know right. that's a good thing. We've had we've had some warm days and a lot of sunshine. My grass has grown, and I've been mowing my grass shoot three times a week, and <laughs> just anything to stay outside <laughs> and try to keep my mind off of it. Just uh, Cause I'm a very active person, you know, and I, when I'm set and still, I don't know how people can live in a studio apartment and be in this quarantine. It would, it'd be like having a jail cell for me. You know, I would, uh, I'd just go crazy.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And you know, Dave Brower, Dave Brower and I were going back and forth the other day because opening day uh, was supposed to be, uh, was April 5th at, uh, at Harris Philly and it was 70 and sunny on that Sunday, and Dave Brower sends me a text and says, oh, I'm thinking about you today. It would have been a great day. It would have been a beautiful day to, to, to have opening day, and I said, well, you know what? If, it would, if, if we would have actually been racing." believe me, because we never seem to have any kind of luck when it comes to weather at Aaron's Philly, whether it's the Friday nights or the uh, opening day, it just never seems to cooperate with us, but I'll tell you what, buddy, we we certainly miss harness racing, I know you do, and man, we can't wait to to see you get back out there on the bike, my friend.
6: Yeah, like, you know, it's going to get better, like, uh, we hear it all the time, we just got to stick together, and... We're going to get through this. Our business is a strong business. We have good people, and, you know, it's a great sport, you know, maybe this is something that we needed to step back and see how much we really do appreciate and miss it when it's not here.
1: All right, Tim, Melissa, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and uh, stay busy, and hopefully we'll get back to it sooner rather than later.
6: Soon, man. Take care.
1: All right. That was uh, Tim Teatrick, and, uh, well, you know, you kind of hear, you know, different perspectives about how, uh, these horsemen and horsewomen are, are handling it. And Kim's uh, obviously staying busy and, and uh, cutting the grass a lot. And uh, boy, <laughs> another reason why I certainly miss the sport of harness racing, man. And uh,
6: <laughs> I just, you know, I
1: really, really hope that we can get going really, really soon. We're going to uh, take a final time up and we'll wrap this thing up. First time with Mike and Mike it's presented by the USTA. Back in just a moment.
2: Post time, gates moving. They're off and it is on.
3: Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org.
1: Well, we certainly appreciate all of our guests joining us here today, and, of course, certainly appreciate you, the listener. Without you guys, the show certainly wouldn't be possible. Another uh, action-packed episode coming up next Thursday at 1030. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook. And special thanks to our guests here today, Vic Kirby, Tim Petrick, and Rich Mate. Well, good news. A week from today, we'll be closer to racing. And you'll hear from us at 1030 next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Turn all of the on over every boy
0: and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your win.